Giuliani. Yo, this is Rudy Giuliani with the Rudy Giuliani Show, and welcome. We're going to uh, have a very interesting discussion of, I think, some of the most extraordinary debates that I have ever seen over uh, over the last night, particularly the one in Pennsylvania between Fetterman and Oz and the one in New York between Hochul and Zeldin. Uh, it's very hard to discuss Fetterman's performance, isn't it? Because he uh, had a stroke, and that evokes a certain amount of sympathy. At the same time, he wants to be a United States senator. And to be a United States senator, you have to be of sound mind, even if we have made an exception for the president. We can't make too many of these exceptions. And in fact, it would be uh, really compounding the tremendous problem we're doing to the United States, not only currently, but in terms of precedent and the sloppiness with which uh, we're dealing with public office or almost a corrupt way in which we are, if we sort of let Fetterman get by, too. I don't know how to describe his um, debate performance last night except to be honest, and then we'll we'll qualify it. It was a disaster. I mean, uh, it should have been stopped. He made, uh, continually made a uh, uh, statements that made no sense. He lied continuously. Now, did he lie, or was he just tremendously confused and didn't understand what he was being asked? I don't know. I don't know, but does it matter? Is he cognitively impaired uh, permanently? Well, first of all, presently. Well, his doctor says no. But his doctor, remember, his doctor's note now is worth nothing because his doctor told us that his speech patterns were were fine. Well, his, his doctor either was drunk while he was listening to him or he's lying. We can We don't need his doctor to know that his speech patterns are uh, uh, seriously disturbed. And then, the doc- and then the doctor, of course, is also a campaign contributor to him. And uh, despite being pushed very, very hard last night, Fetterman will not release his medical records. And really, after his performance last night, he has to release his medical records or we're entitled to draw the conclusion for the benefit of the people of Pennsylvania and the United States that we don't have a funk, uh, 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 United States center unable to function, that we're entitled to draw the conclusion that he is cognitively damaged and that at, at a minimum he needs a period of time of at least a year to rehabilitate. You're not going to do that. The Senate is not a place to rehabilitate from, from an illness. Whatever the illness is, I mean, it's it's, ba- it's bad and, and terrible and awful that you have the illness, but the p- place to be is not the United States Senate while you're reha- rehabbing. If it happens while you're in the Senate, that's one thing. But we don't put you in the Senate when you belong in rehab, like we shouldn't put you in the White House if you belong in a nursing home, like the current president does. Now, they fooled us once, and remember how deceptive and corrupt the Fetterman people and the Democrats are. He he had this 
And this was not adequately disclosed to the Democrat electorate when they voted for him. So they didn't vote knowing what they were going uh, to get. Well, the whole thing started off with really uh, uh, a completely ridiculous beginning. I mean, the debate was over <laughs> literally and figuratively before it started. He began the debate by saying something like, hi, good night, everyone. <laughs> Which is the thing you would say at the end of the debate. Let's listen to cut. Let's listen to cut one. I mean, right from the very beginning, at that point, it should have been a technical knockout. Cut one. As lieutenant governor, you're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. I'm running to serve. Okay. All right. Okay. That's the way you begin the debate? I mean, it would be like I started the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. Good night, everyone. You'd all be sitting there saying, poor Giuliani, what happened to him? Did he lose a couple of brain cells? Or, Gosh, poor guy. Huh? And then maybe uh, uh, gently they would say, you know, if you, if you can't talk, you, should, you can't be on talk radio. You know, I mean, you gotta, to be on talk radio, you have to talk. You know, to be in the Senate, you have to be able to think. One would think uh, to be president, you have to think. But we've, you know, we kind of like blew that one with Biden. But uh, we were we were defrauded. They hit him. And he also never produced his medical records. We're going to do it again. We're going to be suckers again. I mean, I don't know what happens in New York and Pennsylvania. I mean, th- there is no good reason to vote for the Democrats in New York and Pennsylvania. Shapiro is an enabler of all of the crime in Philadelphia. He's the attorney general who didn't do his job. He's a big supporter of Krasner, who may be the most uh, dangerous and the most dishonest district attorney in America. The results certainly show that because he set a record for homicide last year and again this year. And his policies are directly responsible for it. And the police department of Philadelphia has been warning us of this for three or four years because he, he, he blew crop property crime out when he first came in, meaning property crime went up to the highest in the nation. This guy is responsible for the death probably of more Philadelphians than any district attorney in history. And he is strongly supported by Shapiro, the candidate for governor, who's, you know, so left-wing, he probably should, you know, spend his time in China. And and Fetterman, who, before he was brain-impaired, was wacky anyway. This is a guy who supports, and he lies about it now, but it's all on record. This is a guy who supports, at one point, he, he just kind of speculated, we should let half the people out of prison, any half. Or how about people with second-degree murder? Because that's not as serious as first-degree murder. He a big proponent of cashless bail, which, of course, is the single biggest reason for the crime wave in New York and elsewhere. Big proponent of emptying out the jails and using jail sentences, prisons very, very sparingly. He lied last night about not being in favor of socialized medicine. There's a 
clear quote from him, not just once, not just twice, about 12 to 15 times, supporting socialized medicine and applauding and applauding for, for uh, the movement towards socialized medicine with Obamacare, but that it didn't go far enough. Now, he says, he opposes socialized medicine, and he also says that he never supported it. Well, it's one thing to change your position, kind of makes you look squishy, but it's another thing to directly lie about it. And what, how does he think he's getting away with it? How does he think he's getting away? It's on the record. So did the same thing with fracking. He is well known as a bitter enemy of the oil and gas companies. He hates them like with a pa- with a, with a childish passion. And this maybe before he was cognitively impaired, he was immature. Because if you listen to what he was saying, or even his lifestyle, you would say this is a very, very immature man. I mean, and he's a big giant who looks kind of weird, but that, you know, that's a matter of taste. But you think of his positions were very immature, and his lifestyle was very immature. He lives with his parents. What is he, 50 years old? And he lives with his parents. They support him. He's only had a salary uh, as a government official. And he has a very poor record of showing up. So basically, he doesn't work. And he lives with mommy and daddy. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I, I, I don't know if they're going to come to Washington to take care of him. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe maybe he lives with mommy and daddy because mommy and daddy have to take care of him. I don't know. What I saw last night, anything is possible. And when I hear his positions before he went uh, uh, brain, brain impaired, they were the positions of a wacko. Oh, all drugs, all drugs, all. Heroin, cocaine, something I probably don't even know about. I mean, he would he would have to be, uh, I mean, he probably lives with his parents because he's got to watch him that he doesn't go out and get fentanyl for himself or something. His positions are silly, stupid, immature, socialist, and Marxist. And then he does things like he puts a gun uh, up to an innocent African-American, and they, when he was the mayor, becomes a big scam, and then they fix it. They fix the whole thing. And he's never apologized for it. And last night, trying to explain it, uh, I don't know if you could understand it. You probably should go see your doctor. But I want to I want to focus in on the fracking thing because this is indicative of four or five. Other, not only did he stumble and bumble and fumble and mispronounce and answer the wrong question, he just flat out lied, which he used to do before he was brain impaired. But that apparently that the the, the stroke didn't like make him honest, unfortunately. But let, let's listen to the. Uh, Let's listen to the thing on fracking, which I think is cut two. 
I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking, but there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Uh, I, I, I do support fracking, and I don't, I don't, I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. I, I should tell you, if somebody would like to say that's taken out of context and that's an unfair representation of how he debated, that is exactly the entire night. When you watch this, you said, how, how could this happen? But that's how I uh, reacted to, to, to Biden's getting elected. Uh, number one, I, I, I had opinions from doctors that he was in the middle stages of dementia, and they would point it out to me, and I could see it. And second, I, w I, was, I possessed enormous amounts of evidence that he'd been a criminal for 30 years, which they were covering up. Some of it we got out. A lot of it we got out. But you didn't get to hear a lot of it because it was censored. Now you're hearing it, and it's beyond question that the Biden family is a crime family. So we can do this again with Fetterman? I mean, what? after he begins the debate by saying, hi, good night, and he direct, did you, did you hear that pause at the beginning of the question? I thought he was going to go blanco on us. If you look at that, it looks like I don't know, he's going to go blanco. I mean, he's not going to be able to get, get a word out. Then he just flat out lies, did the same thing about socialized medicine and did the same thing about being transparent. He actually said that he's transparent and he's hiding his medical records. Transparent, John, means you put out your medical records. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to have Andrew Giuliani and we're going to discuss the, the other one, the Hochul. Uh, the the Hochul Zeldin debate in which Zeldin just like I think kicked her out of the governorship I think so but we'll have to we'll have to discuss that with Andrew we'll be back very shortly America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani this is Rudy Giuliani back on the show with you and I'm going to be joined by Andrew and by Congressman Pete King because we're going to talk about another debate. That I think in, 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 in a different way was equally as decisive. And I, I focus on one particular exchange, but I'm going to ask these gentlemen, you know, to talk about the whole thing. So, uh, Andrew, are you there? I am. I am. Good to be on with you. And it's always good to be on with Peter King. Twice in one day, it's my lucky day today. You've been on twice with, with Pete? Boy, you guys, it's, you, you guys. It's you, exhausting for him. He's having to carry me the whole time. <laughs> well, you know what I'm going to play? I'm going to play that little, I'm going to play that little clip uh, in which, um, in which Zeldin accuses her about not talking about crime. And then she comes back and <laughs> she doesn't know why he thinks it's so important. So I, I just want to play that clip and then I want to ask you guys what you thought of the debate. Okay. So uh, this is cut 17, guys. This, this governor, who still, to this moment, we're not, what are we, halfway through the debate? She still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change we made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. When I heard that, I jumped out of my chair and I said, here's the reason why we have so much crime in New York. She doesn't think it's important. What's well, wrong with well, her? She, 
Well, she's missing 28% of New Yorkers who in the last poll, which had her only down a couple of very small points. And as Peter King said earlier today, that probably means they're tied or Zeldin may even be up a fraction at this point. 28% of New Yorkers said crime was the top issue. And by the way, the ones that said the economy was their top issue, crime was a close second. So you're probably talking about close to 50% of New Yorkers that are saying crime is either the first or second issue that they're going to the voting booth on on November 8th. Rudy, I've spent half the day with Andrew, and I have to say, even though we kid each other back and forth, he's a great guy. In some ways, a much nicer guy than you. I mean, you know how he is. I, he always has been. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, was, I, I agree. She made a colossal mistake last night, but it wasn't really a mistake because I think she really somehow feels that. That this is just some right-wing issue that's been uh, concocted like, about I, crime. Like, why, are we, why are you making such a big deal out of – I mean, this is in the face of seeing that – Seeing that 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 video oh, now, it seems almost constantly of the guy being thrown thrown on the subway. That's one of the most frightening video. I mean, luckily the man didn't die. He's got, but he got a broken neck. I mean, th- that's one of the most frightening videos. And I, I probably and you have uh, seen every kind of crime imaginable. But aren't don't they seem like? I don't remember all this like uh, motiveless crime, random crime. That's right. They're, they're knocking people down. Yeah. They're knocking people over. They're hitting people, and they're not stealing anything. Nothing. And that's, uh, like you see this on the street, some uh, elderly woman is walking down the street, some guy comes by on a motorbike, whatever you can call it, knocks her down, kicks her, and then keeps going. I mean, it's bad enough to attack somebody, but to do it for no reason at all makes it even more, uh, again, indescribable. And that's why I think she is so out of touch. And, Andrew, I know that uh, you're saying 28%. I'm saying 28%. I agree. I think it's well over 50%. Almost every New Yorker, one way or the other, has crime in the back of the head, which they didn't have when Rudy Giuliani was the mayor. Yeah, uh, it's. It, I mean, how how could crime not be? Do you agree with that, Andrew? Absolutely. And to Congressman King's point before about Hochul basically saying and and her pitch, this is a, a right wing talking point and not actually real. I mean, she said that this is just pure fear mongering and demagoguery. Well, the truth is, I don't think it's fear mongering and demagoguery for the increased number of victims that have gone through the roof in New York over the last couple of years. And the fact that Kathy Hochul decides to look the other way and use truly the left wing talking. We're going to take a short break. You guys, you guys hang on to your thought. We'll, we'll finish when we come back. We'll be back in a few minutes. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Again, it's Rudy Giuliani. I've got uh, Congressman King and Andrew uh, Giuliani, who, as as you know, ran uh, and debated uh, uh, with uh, Congressman Zeldin and, and the others, uh, what, about three or four times, right, Andrew? Yeah, three times. Uh, Kathy Hochul, by the way, has only agreed to a one-hour debate. Yeah, you guys had three debates, right? 25, yeah, with only 25% of New Yorkers that actually get back from news. So I think that alone shows how unaccountable she thinks she can be to New Yorkers to get reelected. And I think that's also a disqualifying factor. If you're not going to sit down and do at least three, four hours worth of debates, to me, it shows you you have something to hide. You don't want to be completely honest. Well, she's got a lot to hide. (laughs) That's true. Not according to her, though. She said that she's always played by the rules. I'm not sure how the Buffalo Bill Stadium deal or those COVID testing deals end up uh, uh, evening out with that statement. Yeah, the rules the rules get us uh, paying three times more for a COVID test in California, and she ends up with over three hundred million in campaign contributions. And she said there was no quid pro quo; it just happened by accident. Hey, Andrew, not to boost your ego, but I mean this seriously. How much do you think Lee learned by going through tough debates? Unlike Kathy Oka, who had one debate, which was really nothing to it. I mean, you guys were really banging each other around during those debates. 
And to me, yeah, I, it's almost like a fighter. You know, if you've had enough. Oh, I've always fights, thought yeah. that. I've always thought yeah. that, I, particularly for you know a first-time candidate for yeah. something, having a primary is very helpful. What do you think, Andrew? Absolutely, and, and I also think it's important for New Yorkers to see candidates there for a second debate and, and even a third debate yeah. because you learn more and more about the person because that person then gets to learn a little bit about even the styles but the content about what the other candidates want to talk about, and they now have counterpoints. I mean, you two gentlemen are very successful lawyers in your field for so long. You understand about that in terms of actually presenting a case. That's really what candidates are supposed to be going up there doing. They're presenting a case for why they should be the CEO of the state. If that literally is just a one-hour presentation, which, let's face it, between the moderators and the time, you're talking for about 25 minutes. That, to me, for a state of 19.5 million people, does not suffice for what should be running the state yeah. of New York. And, and the state that's in, uh, you'd agree, I, I know you, I'm sure you would, the state's in a crisis right now. I mean, we're, we're, we're one of the worst states in the country on every statistical measure possible. Education, flight of people, uh, one of the highest tax states. Uh, the crime numbers, you know, we're, in New York City, we're still benefiting from me and Bloomberg. Right. The crime numbers are down in comparison to other cities, that, but not not for the rest of the state. Rochester is one of the per capita leading cities in the country for murder. And uh, New York City, compared to what it was, is in a state of shock. I mean, these people grew up in a safe city, not a dangerous city. And now it's dangerous. I remember talking to Joe Loder when he ran against uh, de Blasio in 2013. He was going around giving speeches on crime, and people didn't know what he was talking about. It was like, <laughs> right. it was like ancient history. You know? they didn't, uh, now, unfortunately, everyone knows too much about it. And even though, Rudy, there's maybe less overall crime yes. today, the fact is there's more of the random and explicable crime we were talking about before. It's yeah. bolder. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's a, I think I think the crime is largely a product of 2020. I think the crime, uh, the crime, the nationwide epidemic is the, the people prone to be criminals watch massive numbers of co- criminals committing crimes where the cops were forced to sit back and watch it. And you that know, cr- I, I, I don't want to I don't want to insult you, but there's some things that Kathy Hochul said last night that made me think about you, uh, Dad. But give me a second to tell you what it is before I insult you there just by saying. That she said when it comes to the crime that we actually don't have the data. The data is not out. And I immediately went to CompStat. You actually one of your main objectives was to make sure that you could actually take that data in real time. So that way you could give the NYPD real time data where they can look and say, we're going to be proactive and do this and this. We've had data on this for 25 years, and you can see by those numbers the crime is going up. For her to say that the data is not out on it yet is a complete lie and completely disingenuous. Also, you know, she kept talking about guns and guns and guns. Really, I've gone back and checked. When you became mayor, there were 2 million illegal guns in New York. Right. And the way you get them off the street, as you did, was let the cops go out and do a stop and frisk. The cops know who has the guns. They can stop them. Either they, either they get the guns away or the bad guys know they can't bring the guns out in the street. But the, the hands of the cops have been tied. So I think that's the real reason. If there's more gun crime, it's because of that. The, the anti-crime unit. Yes. Uh, Ray Kelly made this point on Fox the other day, uh, uh, which I thought was a, a weird as hell. Uh, Adams has a crime summit, and he doesn't have uh, Ray Kelly. Okay, don't have me there. I'm a Republican. Ray, Ke- Ray Kelly's a Democrat, right. and he's the longest-serving police commissioner. He's one of the few people in New York City, along with me and uh, a couple of Mike, that ever reduced crime. Right. Yeah. Uh, you don't talk to him? In the past, they try to control crime a bit. No, you actually brought the numbers down dramatically. And then Bloomberg, after you, who carried out your policies in between Blatton and uh, Kelly, I mean, they really brought crime down to 
Again, this was the safest big city by far. Yeah. And even uh, as the numbers were coming down, everything got safer. And, you know, I mean, no one was going to be attacked on 57th Street and Madison Avenue and, you know, noon, 12 noon, high noon, the way it is now. You're, you're not safe anywhere. Right. I mean, it's, it, 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 um, I had a person this morning as I was as I was walking out of my apartment building to go to Bernie's uh, 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 mass memorial mass Bernie McGurk's uh, memorial mass say, say to me almost as if with tears in their eyes, the, uh, Mayor Mayor, tell me Hochul's going to lose, please. Like the state, I'm going to have to move out. The person I have to, I'm going to have to move out. No, so, I, relax, I, relax. I think we're going to win. <laughs> I never heard those comments before regarding the governor. They could say about the mayor, this crime was considered a local. Now people actually think, and I, I believe it, that if Lee is not elected, this state could be in horrible, horrible They're right, favor. aren't they? But I don't remember people talking the way about the governor's office, being, the way it is now. And it isn't just crime, yeah. Andrew, right? It's the, it's the economy. It's the, the, the cost of living in New York. Business, cost of doing business. Absolutely, and I think one of the reasons why it's actually gone to the governor's office now instead of outside the mayor's office is because of cashless bail because of these crazy policies that are coming out of the legislature in albany and you realize you need the governor that's going to actually go up and stand there but that's why i also thought to congressman king and your point uh was the question that he asked that zeldin ended up asking hokel last night was so perfect when he said new york fill in the blank he asked her to fill in the blank didn't ask for an essay answer fill in the blank new york leads the country in out population why Fill in the blank. Uh, and honestly, you can answer that a few different ways, but the first answer has to be crime at this point. Yeah, yeah, a crime, and also people can't afford it. No, and also the taxation at every level. Oh, how about the schools? Yeah, it's the other thing, yeah. And the way also the way they, they're caving in on this whole thing with, you know, more uh, uh, vaccines and everything. Listen, I, I support the vaccine. I would get it myself. But to be imposing this, especially when we now know, as Lee made the point last night, the vaccine does not cure. It doesn't prevent. It maybe it you know, minimizes it, unlike the polio vaccine, which if you got it, you were not going to get polio. Right. So we're imposing all these mandates, and they just seem to jump at the mandates and also the restrictions they put on businesses, all the, uh, you know, the hoops they have to jump through. Unless you happen to be a Democratic contributor, then you then you get your contract right three away. Three times as much. You get to charge three times as much. Or uh, and the other thing left out last night, which I'm going to reinsert, is her husband who's going to make a fortune from the stadium because he's part of the concession company. And the biggest moneymaker at a new stadium is the, are the concessions. And I'm sure she uh, she's never thought of that. I'm sure it's never entered her mind that her husband's going to make a fortune. It, it's uh, When she said she plays by the rules and there's no need to actually look at ethics because we followed all the ethics, I mean, it was – one of the many disingenuous things that she said last night. Um, but I think New Yorkers, I think there are enough New Yorkers that are seeing through this right now. It's, it's obvious at this point, and that's why And I, I take a look at Zeldin's campaign. What he's been doing is he's been actually putting up all the Democrats that have said, hey, we're coming on out to vote. I think the message between now and November 8th, obviously, mm-hmm. is get all the Republicans out to vote. Let's get as many independents as possible. But also all those Democrats that may be afraid to pull the lever for the Republican, now's the time. If you want to save New York, this is not about voting for a Republican. This is about voting to save our state. And Lee Zeldin is the only option at this point who can do that. Joe Cairo, I was at a Republican event in Nassau County last night, and the chairman, Joe Cairo, was telling the story that on Saturday he got a last-minute invite to an event for uh, Lee Zeldin in Bell Harbor, you know, the Rockaway section. And a tremendous crowd was there, and this guy comes up, introduces himself as being the local leader. 
So, local uh, Republican leader? Well, local leader. That's, oh, that's how he introduced himself. Wow. So, anyway, he's, he's going around with uh, uh, Cairo and Zeldin, getting pictures taken, talking to people. And he goes, you know, Joe, I'm, I'm going to vote for uh, Lee Zeldin. Joe, well, you have to. You're the Republican leader. No, I'm not. I'm the Democratic oh, leader. <laughs> well, that has to make you feel good. Yeah, yeah, very oh, good. Oh, yeah. well. When that starts happening, um, I remember in... 1980, I was at a uh, bar mitzvah, and I was sitting at a table with all uh, Jewish families from Manhattan, and they were talking about the possibility of voting right. for Ronald Reagan. And I called up my friend Jay Wallman, who, uh, who he, both he and I were very big supporters of Reagan. I said, I think we're going to – when you get uh, Jewish people in Manhattan yes. who are very right. liberal – so upset with Carter, right. they may, may right. even, even just considering voting for right. Reagan. Something's going on here. Yeah. Something's going on. And I think, you know, I got my fingers crossed, but I think something is going on here. I mean, all of, is anyone listening to the show, those, oh, yeah, everybody knows voting for Zeldin. That's not enough. We got to get every last vote out because, again, she starts off two million votes ahead. So we have to make sure that every Republican, independent, oh, true here, true in Pennsylvania, got to come out. They got, yeah. Did you guys get a chance to watch. Um, the extraordinary debate in Pennsylvania with Fetterman? Uh, it certainly was extraordinary, is what I would put it there. I, I, don't, I, mean, I, I can't imagine you know, that this guy's going to get a vote. Part of me feels bad for this guy because, obviously, he, he's in no place to be running for office. Of course. When you look at the fact that Democrats say, hey, you know, he's still our best hope at this point, and we're going to let him do this. Um, this is very clear. Whether you're a Republican, Democrat, or independent, there was one person who was up there who was fit for office, and that was Oz. And there was one who was completely not fit to run for office. Forget about any of his policies, just looking at his health, and that was obviously Federer. Even putting the stroke aside, as Rudy in his uh, inimical way said, even before the stroke, he was strange. I mean, this guy yeah. is No, I said he was wacky before yeah, he was exactly, wacky. Yeah, So you can't really blame, <laughs> blame it just on the stroke. I mean, any guy who walks around like a mountain man and uh, grunts and everything he else. He almost kills somebody. And, you know, lives with his parents into his 40s and 50s and claims he's somehow a, a hardworking guy when he was a, uh, again, this guy's been had a soft life the whole time. Yeah, mommy and daddy. Yeah. You, weren't you known for your black hoodies in the House of Representatives? <laughs> oh, yeah, and, 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 and putting a gun to the chest of a black man. Right, yeah. Well, imagine yeah. if a Republican yeah. did that. Wow. Can you imagine if a Republican did that? No, I can't. Oh, my. I can't imagine. <laughs> the, the guy would be. There'd be riots all over the country. He certainly wouldn't be running for governor of anything. No. I mean, yeah. well, thank you, guys. This was very, very helpful. Let's see if we got a, uh, we got a uh, Viviana who has a question on Fetterman. Let's see what. Thank you. Uh, but hang on, maybe Viv- maybe you can help Viviana. <laughs> Viviana, how are you? Oh, very good. Thank you, thank you, Mayor um, Rudy. Um, I am telling you that I'm very concerned because people are starting to accept diminished capacity instead of qualification for the job, just because the Democratic Party wants to retain control. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. So I, I I think you're right. I, I had that same feeling while I was in the middle of the Fetterman debate. 
I, uh, you know, I had the Yogi Berra statement, deja vu all. Right, right. We're going through Biden again, right. particularly when he was resisting giving out his medical records. Mm-hmm. And I have to say about, uh, you know, we, we're always, as Republicans, we always feel that these debates are often by the moderators geared toward the, toward the, uh, the, the Democrat. This was a pretty, they really pushed him. The reporters, and the reporters were annoyed that he wouldn't give out his medical records. And after that performance last night, he has no right not to give out his medical records. He looks like he's cognitively impaired. It looks that way. Now, his medical records will give us the right answer to that. And he's hiding them. I think reporters is, you know, I, I, I don't like a lot of reporters having said that. <laughs> I think some of them even now realize that they, rather than embarrass themselves again, they have to start raising issues. I mean, they look back and they let Joe Biden sit in the basement for the whole campaign, ignored everything about Hunter yes. Biden, ignored, the, ignored everything, ignored the laptop issue, did everything. And now they realize the consequences that and even they realize how dangerous this is. Yeah, I, just a rough back of the back of the hand analysis. About half the left-wing reporters, in one way or another, admitted it was a terrible performance. The other half ridiculously said he won the debate. Oh. Yeah. But, so you, but, but still, it's quite as significant that you get people from the Washington Post and CNN that say some as far as it was a disaster. Even last night in New York, I thought Errol Lewis. So I thought that was going to be sacked toward uh, uh, Hoko. They, they asked tough questions, and I think they, they realized they had to. I mean – it's so flagrant with the uh, pay-to-play. I mean, it's out there. This isn't like some obscure charge. It's so flagrant on the face of it. And they had to raise it. They were given her a chance to answer it, and she didn't. Andrew, are you still with us? No, I think Andrew Andrew, Andrew told me before the debate, because I was worried about Errol Lewis. He said his experience with Errol Lewis has been, when he gives comments and he writes, he's left of, left of, left of, left of. But when he questions you, he's a pretty fair guy. I thought when he actually questions you, when he's actually questioning you, he he, he balances his questions. So I, I've not, I haven't had that much experience with. I, I thought it was fair last night. I, I've only had a few experiences at Errol Lewis myself, but I mean, I uh, I thought last night they were very fair, certainly as fair as you can expect in, in, in a debate. And when the tough questions did come to Lee, he had quick answers. He, he didn't. She looked shell shocked sometimes, and she just also she was like uh, like when they were talking about pay to play and all the contracts. She tried to act as if there was nothing there at all. It just didn't work. Right, 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 right. I think I think that's absolutely correct. And I, you know, the, the problem is you wonder how many people watched the debate. But I think a lot of people ha- will now learn the reaction to the debate, and it's a pretty favorable reaction for 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 Zeldin. And that statement about uh, crime not being important, right. that one really, uh, that's one of those. I mean, of the two of the two debates, that was probably the. Single remark that was the most damaging to the candidate, and we'll and we'll stay with it. Usually in these debates, the goal is not to make a mistake. Certainly, if, and you're, she did. if, if you're the incumbent and you're the favorite, it's not to make a mistake. Uh, she made a big one. That, that was like that the was caucus a, with the, the the hat on, being in the tank, and all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, my, my, yeah. My 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 mouth dropped when she said it. Yeah. Not important. Uh, well, why is it so important? Why is it so important? People are getting killed. Under you, because of your, and they're saying they're getting killed because of your policy, not not like because of the weather. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with the mayor's final thoughts. Rudy Giuliani, former New York mayor Rudy Giuliani, and he helped to convince Don Imus to endorse me. So I'm eternally grateful to him, but I'm also eternally grateful because he made me laugh and think probably as much or more than anyone on radio or television. 
and we're going to miss him mightily. And he died a little too young to prostate cancer, and we'll be talking a lot more about that. But I do want to close with the final thought that lying uh, by Democrats is not confined uh, to uh, 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 pay-for-play Hochul in New York or Fetterman in Pennsylvania. Uh, Whitless Whitmer is very, very much uh, there with uh, uh, just they just lie like they can get away with it because the press lets them used to let them get away with it. But they're kind of catching up to him. Let's listen. Let's listen to Whitless now uh, during her during her debate. Make this this outrageous uh, uh, statement. Mrs. Dixon says that I kept students out longer than any other state. That's just not true. I worked closely with my Republican and Democratic governors and kids were out for three months. Now, I don't know how she thinks she can get away with it. The kids were out until into this year. I've got about 10 newspaper articles complaining about her. Uh, some places, two years with uh, wearing their masks when we knew they didn't need masks. Wearing their masks where doctors say the mask can be more dangerous than not wearing the mask for a kid. Kids, uh, witless, by the way, get sniffles. And they they got to, like, blow their nose and get rid of all that. When you have a mask, it stays there and you inhale it. I mean, come on, witless. And you must think we are really stupid. This is what I can't stand about the Democrats. They don't just lie. They blatantly lie. And it's contagious. You got the the, the, the press secretary of the president telling us the border is secure. And right behind her, you could post pictures of 10,000 people a day walking over the border. If that's secure, right? Or, or there's nothing wrong with Biden. Uh, the last week, he, he's been searching for a dead woman, right? He has pronounced that his vice president is President Harris for about the 50th time now. He got lost. There's video of him getting lost walking around the White House grounds. They had to point him in the right direction. He did two. You go look at it, two, finishing a speech and not knowing where the hell to go. And then and then we get uh, Fetterman on, who begins the debate with what I played at the beginning of the show. Hi. Good night, everyone. Well, good night, everyone. This is the end of the show. This is the appropriate time to say good night or goodbye. Not at the beginning of the show. And if I did, you know, get me checked out, okay? And look at my medical records. This is Rudy Giuliani. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.